Welcome to Center Ice, the Hockey Alberta podcast, home to all things hockey in our great province. Now, here's your host, Ted Emmett. All right, here we go. Episode five of the Center Ice podcast. Happy holidays, everyone. I'm Ted Emmett. Thanks again for tuning in. And uh, obviously a, a very weird time right now, a, a weird holiday season. It's been a, a challenging time and, and a challenging year. I think we've uh, we've said that more than enough. But really, rather than focus on that, this episode's about just doing what we can. Um, We know what's happened. This is about looking forward, controlling what we can control uh, during this pause. So really, we're going to focus on uh, health and fitness over the next couple of weeks, really being at home a lot more with hockey on pause and and everyone's routines looking different. But really, too, this is everything we learned today is going to transpire and and carry on beyond this pause. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. When it comes to health and fitness, I probably couldn't know less. Uh, so I'm going to learn a lot today. We're going to chat with Dr. Duran Nadu, who is the team physician for the Edmonton Oilers and the Edmonton Football Club. A lot of knowledge there. He's going to talk to us about nutrition. You might remember him. We did uh, parent engagement videos on nutrition as well. Uh, so lots of information there. Uh, a great guy as well and uh, looking forward to speaking with him. Before we get to that, though, I caught up with our good friend Doug Crashley from Crash Conditioning in Calgary, a big partner of Hockey Alberta and the Team Alberta program. Uh, We're going to chat about staying in shape at home, uh, the ways to do that and make sure you find that right balance. Spoke to him last week about it, uh, so here it is. Well, if you've ever been to a, a Hockey Alberta or Team Alberta camp, you've probably heard this guy yelling at you to run faster, get those knees higher. And you also probably uh, saw a lot of him this spring with our Hockey at Home videos. Uh, we're here with Doug Crashley, better known as Crash, from Crash Conditioning in Calgary. Crash, thanks a lot for joining us today. No, thank you for having me. Look, uh, I look forward to... Uh making fun of myself down the road and I see my face on the screen again. Yeah, I do. I do that every single time. Uh, not only is it the holiday season for everyone, so it's a little bit harder to to stay in shape. You get busier. You know, there's lots of, lots of good food to eat. You might be eating more calories than normal, but now even more so than ever, it's going to be tougher to, to stay in shape and be healthy. With this pause, right, not everyone necessarily knows how to work at home, the best ways to work at home. So that's, uh, that's where you come in a little bit. You train a lot of athletes, a, a lot of NHL athletes as well, including like Jordan Eberle. Do you know really what uh, a lot of those athletes are doing right now to, to stay in shape and really just stay sane at home? Yeah, you know what? This uh, these past nine months have definitely been a lesson on how to be able to handle the adversity, how to be imaginative, and and, and also how to make things happen. So, guys like Jordan, uh, the, he has a setup at home in his uh, his house here in uh, South End of Calgary. A lot of other guys, the same thing, are able to train decently well at home. We uh, we set up some online stuff through our app for them. We we do some Zoom work, you know, FaceTime every once in a while. Um, for the older guys that aren't on zoom all day, like, you know what we can do a, we can do a bit of a zoom hit for the guys and the kids that are in school right now, I find it really tough to put them back on zoom at night after they've been sitting in class for, you know, a bunch of hours all day and, uh, and then shove them back behind a screen for workouts or, you know, to talk to them about different stuff. So we're, we're trying to get through these, all uh, this period now here in December, a little differently than maybe March, April and, uh, May. Well, and, and as you mentioned as well, you mentioned uh, some athletes that, that have a setup at home. What about someone who has no setup at home? You know, it, it's pretty cold out, at least back in the spring. You know, it was pretty easy to run outside. It never got too cold. What can uh, athletes do at home, um, you know, really, if they have no weights? Uh, there's still obviously a, a lot of different things they can do to stay in shape, right? No, that, no, absolutely. I mean, we, we know right now, uh, and I think we did it really well with our hockey uh, Alberta 
hockey at home segments in the uh, in this early part of the COVID period. But a lot of things, body weight work, uh, strength work. You can do some conditioning with not needing any equipment. You're able to do a lot of mobility based work. We, sh- we showed that a lot throughout those segments. There's some great resources all over the internet. We can talk about those at the end here. But I think uh, there are, there are some great options out there for people who need something to do at home. They don't have a gym. And I think there's absolutely no excuse for people not to be active. And for our kids, like I, and I, as a parent, especially, I've seen it with my, my kids and from talking to a lot of our clients, they need to be active. Like there's a lot of sitting down in the daytime. Um, it's way less active at school in their school setting than it was when they're in school. For those that are on the Zoom classes now. So we need to get them active for their own physical health as well as their mental health. And even just to get the most out of the school these last couple of weeks before, uh, before the Christmas holidays. When you, when you bring up mental health, that's important as well. I know for me, it's not the same for everyone, but it, it is, uh, you know, still a part of my routine and, and does make me feel better and gives you that little bit of, of normalcy. But how much is too much as well when it, when it comes to working out or activity versus rest? Because I know with, uh, sometimes with some extra spare time, some people might almost go overboard. So it's important to remember to, to keep that balance. Yeah, you know what we did, I think in the early portions of our COVID uh, shutdown in the spring, we did have some athletes who were walking that line of, I think, being too active, too much volume, too much stuff going on. I think for their own well-being, they found that they were just staying active to maybe not struggle with some of the downtime. And you got to be really careful. Your body needs that period to to recover. Now, at the same time, our bodies are made to handle a lot of load. We walk all day, we're active all day. So I'm not talking about sitting around and doing nothing, but just being weary of overtraining or over-focusing or over-obsessing over uh, fitness-related stuff. Let's try to make sure that for our, our kids, especially, but for all of us, let's live a healthy and uh, well life. We're taking an opportunity to recover and enjoy our time too. And so you, you hear a lot of different things, but but coming from an expert, when it when it comes to rest days, um, you know, and that's no, I guess, strenuous physical activity, but maybe going for uh, going for a walk or something like that. How often, if you were to say uh, a certain amount of times a week, or for every X amount of days of exercise, you should take a day of rest? How does that kind of shake out? I, I think a little bit. To be honest with you, I think it depends on how you want to define uh, your work and, and define your rest. I think it is extremely important that we are active every day and we're active pretty consistently through the day, finding segments or microdosing our activity. Being that we're, we stay active, we're not sitting in one spot for too long. We're not getting too too slugged down behind a desk, behind a chair for too long. During a normal season, our our recovery, our, we kind of work on Monday to we'll call it a Monday to Sunday uh, schedule, so pretty generic. Linear, linear schedule throughout the off season. And typically Monday is a really high, high load day. Tuesday, I'll call it a medium load day in different sort of ways. Wednesday tends to be a recovery day. And then depending on the phases, Thursday might be a high load day, Friday, a medium load day or vice versa. So, and then Saturday being an active recovery day. And then I always say Sundays are shutdown day. Do anything you can not to be in the gym, be outside and active, but don't, uh, don't crush yourself. Kind of let your body and mind recover quietly. I call it so quiet body day. Uh, Wednesday, typically, we, do a lot of, we have guys do a lot of body work, uh, yoga, Pilates. I know uh, there's groups doing Pilates all over up at Edmonton. That's a great group of there. Baker up there, she's doing a great job through the off season for a lot of the Edmonton athletes. And then uh, and then obviously yoga. There's all types of great yoga instructors out there. We have our own Mal, she does a great job. So there's, there's definitely options out there. 
And it's great to hear that too, just broken down almost day by day. I know uh, for, for a lot of us, we, we don't necessarily know that. Uh, so it's good information to have and also important to, to listen to your body. And I know for, for me personally, I'm absolutely the worst at stretching. You know, I'm done a workout or, and I'm kind of done for the day. But how important is it to get those stretches in as well? Maybe something that, that's kind of forgotten, but pretty important when it, when it comes time to get, get back on the ice and get active outside again. Yeah, you know what? I uh, there's two there's two schools of thought when it comes to stretching. There's a very kind of the we'll call it the old school old school of the static stretching and it's not. I think there's a there's time for static stretching. Well, we do some manual stretch therapy here with some of our athletes, uh, but then in all of our workouts, well, we'll call it use the term mobility. You hear that a lot now, and then some of the fitness or the, the sport performance world mobility based stuff. The idea is to lengthen the tissue, get the quality of tissue being corrective prior to exercise, a little bit of our warm-up. Uh, for all of our hockey team Alberta groups, you know, we do those dynamic warm-ups. Everybody hates them. It's a little bit of strength work, a little bit of muscle prep. There's also some uh, tissue prep work in there every day. Uh, we use lacrosse balls like we did in the uh, hockey at home segment, um, rolling out all that stuff. But then also at the end of workouts, I think it's important for two parts. One is to help sort of get our body back down to a resting state, start the resting and the recovery process is a post-exercise stretching. Static stretching is a great form for that or if you're able to get stretched out, if you have somebody, um, a static stretching is great. Think about doing a six out of 10 pressure stretch for like 40 seconds is a great way to kind of and work your way through your body and try to be equal and even. Don't overstretch, don't force too much stretching on your own. And it's a great way to, one is to get your tissue quality uh, better you're helping the recovery process and two it's also a great time to help kind of re- relax our mind post-workout post-exercise and uh, especially for our growing athletes you see you're going to see a lot of our young hockey players especially like that those ages of growth that bantam age group where you're seeing players grow um later peewee in the female hockey programs you have big big growth spurts you want to be able to help our tissue manage their the growth that's occurring and limit the amount of imbalances, limit the amount of damage that occurs through that period while we're going through you know high activity in a normal hockey season. Obviously, with the shutdown, it's, it's been a different schedule. It's been a different world for everybody. But what we can do is we can we think about like I said, this off season, uh, this in season, sorry, has been a little bit like an off season, and in particular, this current Alberta shutdown is a great development period for recovery. We're gonna we're gonna super concentrate or super dose our recovery and our tissue qualities in this next couple of weeks and then make sure we're active so that when all of our athletes get back to living the uh the Alberta hockey dream, they're ready to go again. We're not increasing our chance of injury. We're actually ready to go and, and decreasing our chance of injury. And so as a, a guy who's probably moderately athletic at best, and I, I honestly might be overselling myself on that, obviously a lot to know uh, when it comes to fitness and health and fitness, especially right now when it's almost all you can do. So so everyone, you know, whether it's an athlete or a parent of an athlete, they've listened to this. They know that they've got to be more active at home. And where do they, what's the next step? You know, where are those, maybe those resources that they can find uh, to help them along the way if it's not something they can uh, kind of work through on their own? Well, first and foremost, let's, let's plug our Hockey Alberta YouTube page and, uh, and our stuff we did in the past. The Hockey at Home program, not only the stuff that we did and I did, whether it was in the gym or in my backyard or in my house, depending on what phase of shutdowns we were, but those are those are great resources to follow. Uh, I think you said you have some great things happening. Uh, Phil Daly up in Short Park with First Line. You got Barry Bus. They're running some programs with their Edmonton athletes. Here in Calgary, obviously, there's not just us. You got Ross over at the edge. We're, all, we're running all kinds of options for athletes, whether it's online training, um, Zoom training, apps, all that stuff. But then even in generally speaking on the internet, 
There's there's a lot of great resources. I think uh, Matt Nickel, who's uh, well known for his BioSteel time, his time in the Toronto Maple Leafs, he's one of the great people in, in my industry. Mike Boyle, one of the, the great leaders. Those are guys that are be on the Mount Rushmore in our world. Lauren Goldenberg. So those kind of guys, they typically run on their social media. They run a lot of stuff. Mike Boyle's done a really good job with a lot of that. Uh, Mark Fitzgerald out in Kelowna, who's originally uh, an Eastern guy, worked for the Anaheim Ducks and, and now is doing private work out in Kelowna. Another great guy. They're all offering all types of resources like we are uh, all, all across uh, all across the internet and across that world. So the one good thing is there's a lot of great resource out there. Uh, there's also some lesser, uh, we'll call it quality uh, resource out there too. Just being careful and, and making sure for our athletes, if we are looking on the internet, Let's use our common sense. Let's make sure we think age specific. Just because we have the greatest novice and atom player in the world doesn't mean they need to train the same way as the NHL player. So age specific is so important. And uh, but even for NHL athletes, like for a lot of our our players, our Western Hockey players, Alberta Junior League players, our college players, you know, we had large periods of our time this year. They had very limited resources as far as equipment. So a lot of body weight stuff was being done. We did a lot of of isometric work, a lot of eccentric work. So isometric holding in positions, eccentric, really focusing and keying on the negative portion of that, that contraction of the movement. I mean, and, and doing it without the ability to have a lot of weight allowed at least for us to get into when we were back in the gym, we didn't have a loss. We saw some great results on our athletes with the resources that they had, the limited resources, bands, maybe a little bit of weights, you know, make, makeshift workout stuff. And uh, so there's no reason why for any age of athlete, we were able to, we can't train successfully at home. And like I said before, this is a great little period. We've had a little bit of hockey. We've lived a huge yo-yo here across Alberta from being open to being shut down and being all over the place. Listen, I'm living it too. Like I said, as a dad, as a, as a business owner, as a human being, we're all living it. But, but I do think at this stage, like we're at a great little time. We have Christmas break, which we're usually a little less, a little less active, eat a little bit more. We're getting our recovery in. So let's this, this week coming in and the week's going into maybe Christmas and following stay active, do our work at home, but make sure that we're recovering at a high level. And uh, if you start to see, you know, you start to see a little bit of the pressure of COVID going away, the shutdown going away. I, I can feel it. You feel it. Even though we're down, I think we got to make sure that when we go back, into the new year, you know, we we haven't lost our base. So one of the things I would say is a little bit of aerobic work every day, a little bit of light conditioning. And then, so even if you do a four minutes of 20 seconds hard, 10 seconds off of running on the spot, of moving on the spot, you know, 20 on, 10 off, and 20 at max, max effort. And then that's a start, you know, a little bit of extended period of sub-maximal. If you can go for a run outside on the road on, on the snow and ice, if you're allowed to, and if you can, great, or if you have something at home or you makeshift in your in your house, whatever it takes, everybody's got stairs, everybody's got some space, you know, you can put something together. That's that's great too. But things that help our respiratory system, help, help our cardiovascular system, help our heart, everything, we need to just be as healthy as possible going into our new year. And I think those are things we can definitely do at home. It, it doesn't take a weight room or we'll set up. And for athletes that need to, and are worried about their power, their strength, their quickness, well, you know what? On the days we do that, we can still do jump work at home. We can still do, you know, we can still do a little bit of stair work, speed stairs, going up your stairs at home. I'm sure, uh, I'm sure if you're not bothering anybody, you can do a little bit of that and sprint up stairs. If it takes two to five seconds, now you're working with a high threshold, high output power speed stuff. And then and do it again. You can do that, you know, eight to 10 times, a couple times a week right there. Now, now that's a great way to continue to work on our speed and, and be active at home as well. 
So lots of lots of great advice, and exactly why we uh, we wanted to to speak with you on this because you know you've done a, a great job. Going back to the the hockey at home videos you did with us, worked really hard on those and did a great job. And just seeing what you what you've done uh, to help athletes really move through this time. Um, so we really appreciate uh, everything you do for Hockey Alberta. Uh, you know everything you're doing for the sport in Alberta. And thank you again for your time. We'll, we'll let you go because I know know you're a very busy guy. Uh, regardless of the time so again thanks a lot for doing this we really appreciate it and uh, you know stay safe and happy holidays yeah you guys too happy holidays everybody and uh, like i said i'm a proud team alberta guys so let's hope to see everybody in the new year a big thanks again to crash always a pleasure talking to him i learned a lot there uh things i'm going to use moving forward and, and hopefully you can as well again those hockey at home videos are on hockeyalberta.ca uh very relevant again uh great stuff there make sure you go check them out as as you're working through uh working out at home over the next couple weeks before we chat with dr nadu let's catch up on everything that's gone on around the province so here's what you need to know Although giving back this year is a little tougher than it has been in the past, uh, teams across Alberta still showing why hockey is such an amazing sport and really how the hockey community shines brightest during the holidays. So once again, as we do every year, uh, Hockey Alberta is doing a Hockey Gives Back feature on our website. So we're highlighting uh, all the teams and what they do this holiday season to try and give back to the community any way they can and safely. Uh, I know from one team we heard that they're actually writing letters to seniors uh, in a nursing home uh, and eventually setting up to meet them. But right now, just keeping the, the correspondence uh, with with those people in the in the assisted living, which I think is really cool. So always like highlighting that. Make sure you head to hockeyalberta.ca. We're always updating that story as well with all the teams we hear from. And there's a link in there as well. If you do have a story that you want to share from your team or a team that you know of, uh, make sure you go and check that out. And Hockey Canada has partnered with the Hockey Alberta Foundation, which is very exciting, to bring a 50-50, online 50-50, I should say, uh, to, for all Albertans during all the World Junior Games. Uh, so every day there's a game, there's going to be a, a day-long raffle going, I think from 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. Anyone in Alberta over the age of 18 can buy a ticket. Uh, and then all the money from that's going back to grassroots hockey, which includes the Every Kid, Every Community program, uh, making sure we get more and more kids in the game in Alberta. So again, head to our website and check that out. Speaking of the World Juniors, six Team Alberta alumni are going to be suiting up for Team Canada this year at the World Juniors. So big congratulations to Taylor Gauthier, Bowen Byram, Caden Gooley, Kirby Dock, Peyton Krebs, and Dylan Holloway. Another Team Alberta actually will be on the ice as well, playing for Team USA though. Uh, Jake Sanderson was selected to the team, grew up playing all his hockey in Alberta, did play for Team Alberta and recently opted to play for the USA uh, National Development Program. Uh, so again, congratulations to Jake Sanderson as well. Uh, and all seven players actually played in what is now the Alberta Elite Hockey League. So lots of Alberta ties there and, and a lot to be proud of, of those seven athletes. And it's the last call for minor hockey teams to enter the perfect pairing contest with Major League Sox and the Hockey Alberta Foundation uh, for a chance to win a Zoom call with a Calgary Flames player or an Edmonton Oilers player. And again, $6 from every pair of socks bought from Major League Sox goes back to the Hockey Alberta Foundation. You just have to use that code Hockey Alberta. So whether you're in the contest or not, make sure you go check out the socks. Uh, again, buy a pair or two or 10. It's all going towards a great cause. So again, that contest closes December 31st. For more details or to enter your team, uh, just head to our website. 
and not, not as much going on around the province right now, obviously, so that is what you need to know. Joining us now is Dr. Duran Nadu, the team physician for the Edmonton Oilers and Edmonton Football Club. Uh, I know you're, you know you're very busy right now, Dr. Nadu, so thanks a lot for joining us. Well, thanks for having me and inviting me on. Uh, uh, look forward to the interview. Perfect. And just to start off, you can kind of explain your roles with both both the Oilers and and the football club, just so we we can kind of get an idea of what you do. Sure, sure. So. Maybe I'll start with the Edmonton Oilers. I'm, I'm the medical director and head team physician for the club. Um, I've been working with the organization since 2004 or 5. And if those of you who remember the lockout year, I, I worked with the, um, the Roadrunners, uh, which was the American Hockey League team that was here. And then after that season was done, I continued on with the Oilers. Um, I work really closely with our, our head athletic therapist, TD Force. Um, you know, we joke that we speak to each other more than we speak to our wives. Um, even in the off season, um, you know, the way, the way I would explain my role is it's, it's really athlete first. You know, we look at, uh, in the NHL, when we draft a player at a young age, um, they're typically with us for many, many years, um, probably somewhere around seven or eight years, um, or longer. And we really look at, you know, just simple doctor things, long-term health. We monitor for general disease. You know, we've had players with diabetes, players with celiac disease, testicular cancer, even heart disease for uh, and spine issues with young people. You know, on a typical game day, we do game day management. We have emergency action plans. Uh, we have emergency coverage with paramedics. We have um, sport medicine physicians, orthopedic surgeons, emergency people covering each NHL game. Um, so that's part of my role to coordinate that care and also be at the games uh, to see the athletes. You know, I'm part of the strength and conditioning um, team. Uh, Chad Drummond is our, our head strength coach and, and Pat, Patrick Love is our assistant coach with the Oilers. And, you know, my role would really be helping um, uh, with the injured athletes or maybe athletes who have had chronic injuries at building their off-season program. It's also very important to see their strength output when they come back from injury. So it's very important to have a baseline. So I work uh, very closely with them. Uh, from a nutrition perspective, um, we had a great uh, nutritional uh, consultant, uh, Ricky Ng, who's um, now with the Las Vegas Raiders. But he basically, along with our strength and conditioning coaches, will look at having pre-game, post-game nutrition um, I work with management very closely. Um, uh, Ken Holland, our, our general manager, and and um, also uh, Keith Gretzky and our farm team. Um, we look at uh, you know all the players who are um, going to be drafted at some of their health profiles, and also players who you know uh, we may receive in trades or in um, free agency. Another aspect is working with ownership. You know, lately we've had a very active role as the Oilers Entertainment Group or OEG. Bob Nicholson, who who runs that show, um, basically, you know, we had to run the NHL bubble. I was a medical director for the bubble, but there's so many aspects of the bubble that Bob and Tim Shipton and Stu Ballantyne all um, coordinated a, a great experience for the for the players. And we had partners with the Alberta Health and the government of Alberta. Um, and then finally, at the NHL level, you know, I'm on um, the NHL Team Physician uh, Society. I personally am on the concussion subcommittee and then also um, on the there's a joint health and safety committee that's both the National Hockey League and National Hockey League uh, Players Association. 
Um, with the Edmonton Football Club, um, you know, it's a similar role. I think the biggest difference uh, uh, in football is is there's a lot more turnover on a CFL roster. We typically, um, you know, the draft uh, drafting of players, um, it's quite different in the NHL and CFL. We have a lot more free agents. So sometimes you don't get to build the same relationships you do with players, although we're lucky in Edmonton to have a lot of players uh, stick with our uh, organization for many years. You know, there's more injuries in football in the sense that you're managing a roster that's three to four times the size of a hockey team or an NHL roster. Our head therapist, Nate Hay, and our uh, assistant therapist, Donovan Orr, are very integral to making my job easy. Um, I do weekly clinics at Commonwealth and uh, also from a CFL perspective, um, help with the concussion committee along with uh, an Edmonton neuropsychologist, Dr. Martin Mrazik, um, who works at the University of Alberta. Um, so those would be kind of my roles with those two organizations. Uh, and I, I must say, I've met a lot of good people, athletes and management and therapists and learned a lot from working with them. Is that all you do? Because <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how you find find the time for that I mean you know you, you might be the busiest guy in hockey but obviously for you then uh, hockey and, and sport in general uh, really really big passion of yours and I guess it, was that something kind of all along you knew you, you wanted to basically work in sports was that something you that uh, just happened or was that kind of the plan all along you know what it was interesting I, I grew up in Saskatchewan and and um, I played um, lots of sports and and uh, when I was, um, you know, in my kind of first year of university, I tore my ACL uh, playing um, rugby. And uh, I think that's where um, I really took an interest uh, in, you know, the injury and how it affected me. And uh, then I went on to do uh, medical school, uh, start medical school a couple of years later. And I think I always had that interest in a muscle bone joint nerve type injury. Um, and then I was lucky when I uh, finished medical school, I did my specialty training here at the University of Alberta. And lucky to, um, you know, work with Dr. David Reed, an orthopedic surgeon who uh, uh, is a sport, who, who has worked with the uh, Edmonton Eskimos uh, and the Edmonton Oilers for many years. And uh, I really, um, you know, liked his style of practice. Uh, Dr. Reed was someone who was a physical therapist prior to doing medicine. And, and you know, my specialty of physical medicine and rehabilitation and, and sport medicine is, is a lot of, it's a non-operative specialty. And, and uh, I really have found that um, I gravitated towards, um, you know, the, the passion of athletes to get better, to really know their diagnosis, to to be invested in their recovery. And I think that's helped me treat my um, patients who are non-athletes and, and give them an approach uh, um, just in general. And uh, I think uh, my patients, um, you know, who are non-athletes really um, ask a lot of questions is how do these athletes recover? And, and we use the same principles. So it's been, you know, pretty rewarding and, I, and I'm glad uh, I have a job that, that I enjoy. And you you mentioned now working it in the NHL bubble, obviously a unique, hopefully one of a kind type of experience. But you've you've obviously been through. You know the challenges that 2020 has brought for sport. Uh, and now we're looking at our athletes once again back at home, especially during the holidays, which is a even tougher time to stay in shape and eat right. So we we talked to to Doug Crashley from Crash Conditioning about. Uh, exercise and, and staying fit and I know you've you've done some videos for us about nutrition already so I guess what kind of the challenges are athletes facing uh, when it when it comes to proper nutrition over over the next couple of weeks through the holiday season and then into the beginning of January while this pause is still going on 
Yeah, you know, it's it's been quite a unique um, unique year. And I think athletes, uh, not only in the holiday season, but what they've had to do from a youth perspective with the pause of sports uh, due to COVID. I have seven kids and I have, uh, you know, four hockey players uh, from Confederation Hockey in Edmonton, one, uh, my, my youngest and novice to Southside Athletic Club. And I've seen uh, you know, a 16-year-old and a eight and nine-year-old kind of react in different ways. Um, uh, you really notice um, what a tough time it is for our youth athletes. Um, you know, I think uh, you also see how sport is so important and activity is so important and how it complements our learning. So, I mean, I think, you know, that's one of the challenges I've seen, you know, in my own kids and and, and other kids is, how much um, the the sporting environment and the team environment enhances their school activity. And now, you know, we're telling um, kids for good reason uh, that you have to, um, you know, be at home and, and go to school and, and, and you're seeing them having to find creative ways to be active. You know, when you look at the professional athletes who you have a lot of contact with, this is a full-time job for the professional athletes and training has really been interrupted for a lot of them with closure. So what do they do to keep busy? They don't have, you know, school subjects to, to go through. And same with a lot of the junior hockey athletes who, uh, you know, will play in the Alberta Junior League or um, in the Western Hockey League. I'm seeing a lot of them. And, and the good thing is they're taking care of injuries, um, you know, that maybe um, that they can build and continue to get better from. But, you know, most of the junior athletes reserve a lot of time, a few years to play junior hockey, and they're not maybe in school or working at the time. So their lives have been completely turned upside down. And, you know, what I'm telling these athletes is, is stay busy mentally. So read, learn, stimulate your brain, all the mental skills that we learn about that are so important for athletes. Spend some time on that. Improve your reaction time. Use some apps to do that. Um, maybe read about some of your favorite athletes and their adversity. And, you know, physically, it's not all bad news. You know, there's creative ways to work out. Um, load sleds outdoors. Um, you know, get some snowshoes, walk uphill, uh, do some deep snow walking. Um, you might not be able to work on your, you know, specific edge work and with your skills coaches, but uh, go to the garage, get creative. Um, and I think, you know, that really is um, what my message has been to the athletes, um, both at the youth level and, and junior and pro level. And then when it comes to proper nutrition, I know you mentioned, you know, stay, stay busy. And I think at least for me, I know you eat when you are bored. I don't know if that's a scientific fact or not, um, but I know for me, it, it's pretty true, but now it's a big shift in routine. So how can athletes make sure they're still getting the proper nutrition, um, you know, with their physical routine changing and making sure that they're not getting eating too much or even going the other way and, and eating too little because they're worried about uh, less physical activity. Yeah, no, it's a great question. I mean, I think, you know, my message to people in general is, you know, the first priority with, with diet is really healthy growth and development. Um, eating a proper diet, you know, supplements, vitamins are, are not necessary for performance. If you're eating regular meals and healthy snacks up to four times a day, depending on your activity level, hydration really complements your diet and nutrition. Um, but, you know, you bring up the important principles. I, I say that your, your principles don't change of nutrition, but the amount and your caloric intake 
you know, should change if your activity level is down. Um, so, you know, most athletes are still finding ways to be active and busy. So you still have to have require, you know, those proper meals, you have to get up, have your routine, have your breakfast, and then your pre workout snacks and meals should stay the same. And same with your post workout activity, um, with respect to eating. Um, you know, I tell I tell the athletes to avoid those big meals that you have maybe twice a day and continue to have your more moderate meals. Um, your vegetables and fruit should fill up half your plates. You need to have those whole grains. Um, you know, the carbohydrates really give you your energy. You know, the the, the whole wheat, the oats, the uh, oatmeal, the brown rice, um, and know your portions. Um, uh, you, you also want to really limit the amount of sugary type of activity um, you intake. And so a lot of those types of sports drinks, your intake uh, for high level athletes have changed with that. You know, really, if you're not exercising for more than an hour, you you should really just be having uh, water. And these athletes may have their workout sessions now, but they don't have that constant practice five to six days a week. And I think um, it's important for athletes to, you know, worry about those um, uh, um, sugary kind of content content and 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 look at just nutrition principles in general um i still i still tell my athletes you know if you're having two significant exercise sessions per day you need to eat breakfast you need to have your snack prior to that first session and your snack after that you need to have your lunch and then your your pre-workout snack um, in the afternoon session and then you can have your supper and, and an evening snack so athletes if they're continuing to work out they need to continue to have um, um, the proper nutrition the only caveat is is you're not having your regular team practices which you know does make up a lot for most of the athletes most of of our athletes don't have the same um, discipline or knowledge base as our professional athletes have. So I think you bring up some great points is how do you stop um, from gaining bad weight? But I think if you are still active and you're you're abiding by the principles of proper diet and nutrition, you should be okay. And and knowing what time of year it is, right? Everybody kind of goes goes off the wagon a little bit and, and indulges a bit. And I think right with that, it's just important to remember, I think, you know, mentally, especially right now, you don't want to don't want to restrict yourself too much, right? So it's kind of a matter of just balance and, and picking your spots when you are going to have a bigger meal, a, a high calorie meal, a a bit of a cheat meal, right? Yeah, no, I agree. I think the way to also make sure that you you know you're eating for energy, not for hunger, in the sense that if you do get up at a proper time in the morning and have your breakfast, have a, a fruit as a snack, even on days when you're going to be around with the you know your immediate family uh, and spending extended time around, you're right. Um, you know, going to the kitchen and having the the Christmas baking and having the Christmas cookies. I think it's all about portion control. And if you are eating regular snacks and fruits throughout the day, um, those water-based um, um, foods, you're going to feel fuller and you're going to feel less uh, the need to eat. Um, and that's why a water bottle is really important because that does fill you up as well. And with that routine, I know with me, I got into a good routine being in the office, you know, eating, eating at the right times, drinking water. Now that I'm at home, I've found I started to, I've actually set an alarm to remind myself because sometimes you, you get into the groove too, to remind myself to drink water, to eat, you know, those types of things. Is that important as well to, to set kind of a, a new routine for yourself at home rather than, because uh, I know, I know for me, it's way different and I do need those reminders. Yeah. You know what? Like, you know, when you get to be old like me, um, you know, 
know, you can't, uh, you can't take the weight off as, as easy as you used to. And there's a lot of great apps out there. Um, you know, I have, um, one of my daughters does triathlon, one does track and, you know, that's a fine balance of, uh, they're, they're smaller people around that 110 pound mark. And, you know, it's that fine balance between, you know, having enough nutrition to fuel your energy. And I found that um, some of the apps out there that can monitor your diet and what you're eating and ensure you're not having too much or having too little if you're if you're active. But you're right at this point, at this time of the year, um, in the Christmas and holiday season, um, it's typically having too much and not being active enough. And, and uh, you know, I've, I've found that for a, a lot of my patients and a lot of people who like tech, everyone uh, seems to carry a phone and, and have different apps and spending a little bit of time on, on what you're actually inputting. There's some uh, lots of apps out there from, um, you know, MyFitnessPal is one. Um, there's certain ones that monitor your weight, um, like Lose It, and then other ones that you've probably seen marketing for, like Noom. Um, they You actually can scan the barcode of all the food you have, um, and it will tell you what your actual intake is. So that's, you know, for the athletes who right now are trying to get through the season and, you know, we know that hopefully in early 2021, you're going to maybe be able to get back to sport in a nor more normal routine. Um, you want to make sure you, you keep uh, at your healthy weight. So that's another strategy uh, um, that athletes uh, have used and, and given good feedback to me about. And that actually was my last question is the, the resources out there for athletes to help them with nutrition. And I think I guess the one thing to remember with that is you know, to, to do your research a little bit, because I know I've read a lot of different articles that say different things. So I think some things you have to take with a grain of salt. So it's Im also important, right, to do your research on those apps. And I think the ones you, you mentioned, obviously, uh, coming from you, I think are, are probably the, the more effective ones. Yeah, I mean, I think when it's all said and done, if you have the time um, to invest in a consult with a nutritionist, I think that'll be, you know, one of the most valuable things you do. Um, you know, what a lot of um, resources out there, there's for general diet, but if you work with a nutritionist and a lot of their consults can be virtual, they'll be able to, you know, take an eye, have an idea of what your activity level is. They'll also give you a little diary and that's where the apps might come in of just what do you eat over a week and then give you feedback. And, you know, um, I think, uh, you know, what I noticed with a lot of um, uh, my own own kids and a lot of um, youth athletes are sometimes they don't like to eat too much um, because they feel too full and they feel sluggish um, when they do their activity or if they eat too much when they get home they can't sleep and so that's where things like shakes and smoothies come in where sometimes you don't have to fill your stomach but you're still getting the right type of um, nutrition uh, to help you build um, and and your family physician can be a good resource to to get you in touch with a nutritionist and a sport medicine physician alberta health has some great um, resources they actually um, have a handbook on nutrition that are for is for youth coaches and that's a large large file that people can read um, there's also um, good healthy guidelines that both Canada has and the Alberta Health has for nutrition and essentially you know for an athlete it's really making sure you have enough fuel before um, activity and then you're replenishing that fuel after activity if you're if your practices or your sessions are very long um, that's where um, nutrition and small snacks come in for example, 
if you're in a, a hockey game and you have an intermission, that's where I get people to think about, you know, serving such as pretzels or granola bar or a banana or fruit gels or even the applesauce cups. Some some kids like a little peanut butter on a banana. So to find your favorite um, type of, um, you know, during activity type of snack and then your favorite snack before and after is very important. And just, a, you know, a short interview, I know there's a lot to learn there. And I think, you know, I can appreciate it. And I think the athletes can appreciate it. I think the number one thing I learned from you is that I'm never, ever going to complain about being too busy again, you know, with, with everything you do in sport, uh, seven kids, you know, you still find, and you still find the time to, to do this and chat with us. So we really appreciate it. Again, um, a, a lot of great information and really just still scratching the surface of, of proper nutrition. Um, you know, and this goes on beyond, uh, you know, once, once things start to relax and, and we get on the ice again, I think this is all great information. So thank you again, Dr. Nadu, for taking the time to do this and, and good luck as we roll into the NHL season here. Thanks for having me. And yeah, looking forward to getting back with the, the Edmonton Oilers. That once again was maybe one of the busiest human beings on the planet, Dr. Duran Nadu. Uh, I don't know how he does it. Great information there. Again, I learned a lot and hopefully hopefully you took a lot from that as well. For those uh, parent engagement videos we talked about where, where he's talking more about nutrition, you can head to hockeyalberta.ca uh, and also on the, the link for this podcast episode. We'll put some of the information he had up there as well uh, about the apps and resources you can use for nutrition as well. And that'll do it for episode five of Center Ice and really for 2020. I think I can speak for everyone when I say it's been a challenging year. That's no secret. But I think with those challenges, it's brought a lot of opportunity for growth and change. And to quote Barry Midori in episode four, we really don't want to let 2020 be a lost year. It's just a different year full of change um, and really hopefully us rising to a lot of challenges. So again, on behalf of everyone at Hockey Alberta, wishing you all the best this holiday season and a very safe and happy new year. I'm Ted Emmett. Thanks for listening and we'll see you in 2021. Thank you for listening to the Center Ice Podcast. For this episode and more, head to hockeyalberta.ca. If there's a topic you'd like covered on an upcoming episode, email info at hockeyalberta.ca.